0: Hagia Sophia is one of the most beautiful buildings in the world. It is a massive dome that sits on a hill on a peninsula in Istanbul, overlooking the Bosphorus Strait, which divides Europe from Asia. It's within sight of both the Grand Bazaar and the Blue Mosque, Hagia Sophia, or Hagia Sophia, Greek for Holy Wisdom. It's an homage to wisdom personified, in the same tradition as the reading from Proverbs for today. It's an aspect of the feminine divine, and it is associated with the Logos or Christ. Hagia Sophia was built in. 537 of the Common Era by Emperor Justinian as the seat of the Holy Roman Empire. It was the largest indoor space in the world. It transformed architecture and became the model for Byzantine churches. After the fall of Constantinople by the Ottoman Empire in 1453, Hagia Sophia became a mosque. It served as a mosque until 1931, when it fell into disrepair and was restored as a museum and opened to the public. That's how it was when I visited in the spring of 2008, shortly after that West African bus ride I mentioned last week. So back then, the building was completely open. It was the most remarkable building I've ever seen. Inside, the space feels like the Yosemite Valley. It has that grandeur, that majesty. It smells of stone and has a dampness to it. and There are drafts moving through that huge space. At the entrance of that inner dome, the inner space, there are gigantic doorways crafted from marble. Over the course of 1,500 years, the marble threshold has been so worn down by the millions of people who have passed through that the marble is visibly warped. Little by little, the stone wore away. To me, that warping of stone was a reminder a reminder of impermanence. Even the grandest of human creations will pass. Change is a fundamental part of life, of the human experience of nature. We are always changing whether we like it or not. In the distance today, if we listen carefully, we might hear echoes of pomp and circumstance. The hour of graduation has come. It's time for change. Summer's here. Surfing and spirituality is done. Chris is graduating. Charlie's graduating and moving away. Our church family is always changing, always shifting. But we are so grateful for people like Charlie and Chris who bring their talent, their dedication, their hard work to this community and inspire others, inspire me, to make a greater love-spreading difference in the world. While we are sad that Charlie and others won't be here to help to be with us, we know what we hope you know, that you are always welcome and always have a home with us and that great things await you down the road. We also know that through all of life's changes, there is comfort. It's not always the comfort of having a loving community and good friends. Transitions are scary for that reason, and suffering is real. But we know and have the comfort of love eternal. Last week for Pentecost, we talked about the comfort of being understood, of someone who speaks your language, someone who understands you. Today, on Trinity Sunday, we add to that notion. God is spirit, the eternal comforter who is always with you, but God is also the eternal, the ineffable, the creator. God is also the historical person of Jesus of Nazareth, the incarnation of the Christos, I of Sophia, Holy Wisdom. Or as the Gospel of John articulates it, the Logos, the blueprint for creation. God is three in one, as traditional Christian parlance dictates. Most of the time, the nuances of Trinitarian theology are clear as mud. But if you struggle with Trinitarian theology, take comfort in this truth. God is in relationship. God is not static. God is not a watchmaker. The nature of the eternal is not static, it is relational. When my boys were newborns, they would fall asleep on my chest. And occasionally I miss waking up in the middle of the night and delicately warming up breast milk when Mary Beth was out of town and holding those little guys as they drank a bottle and then fell asleep. I miss that until I don't. Until weeks like this one when a fire alarm went off in Amos' room around 3.30 in the morning and... The memory of it scared him awake for the rest of the week. On Thursday night or Friday morning, however you think of it, I heard him crying and went up to his room. And as I held him, I felt his little hand patting my back. Just the way that we used to pat his back when he was a baby. Such is love eternal, love relational. The love made known gets passed along. It changes a little as that love is shared, and it's scary to face changes, to face the warps in the marble, to step through the doors that await us no matter how small or large. The cathedral becomes a mosque, then becomes a museum. In 2019, Hagia Sophia was officially made a mosque again and the museum and public admission ended. Relationships change too. The baby becomes a business partner, then becomes the care provider or the dependable spouse has an accident or medical condition and suddenly the other partner has to take the reins. It's hard to change, but we must. Like Jesus, we have to risk what we have been for what we will be, to follow love eternal into new life. Follow love to our passions, like music and writing and scholarship. Follow love to our place of belonging. Follow love to find our truest self in relationship, relationship that demands all our heart and all our soul and all our mind. If we follow love, we find ways to feed the 10.5% of the U.S., 13.8 million people who have suffered from food insecurity in the past year. If we follow love, we can help the 160,000 people who were houseless last night in the state of California. If we follow love, we will find a way to curtail the current extinction rate of 150 species lost every day, which is 10,000 times higher than historical averages. There's a lot of work to do. But as we do that work, as we follow love, we know that we are wrapped in relationship with all that is, and was, and will be. Amen.